Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 234. Hi, how are ya? What is going on in your world? I feel a little run down. Uh, I feel like I'm on, could be on the precipice of getting sick or my good old bud is she's trying to fight something off. I had a plus 1.1 temperature rise uh, or reading on my whoop last night. And normally uh, there's a rise in the second half of my cycle, which I'm in. So I'm also on day 26, but it's normally not that big of a rise. And yes, it's not super, 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 super accurate uh, compared to taking your temp using your mouth or your armpit and using a proper temperature device. But I'm more just talking about trends and patterns and just having the consistent reading for a year now. I've had my weight for a year. Uh, And so not, yeah, not 100% accurate, but not my normal. And I'm running hot. (laughs) You know, when you can feel it, you feel that your bud is, she's trying to fight something. So I'm taking a couple of days off training, just walking, Hanky the dog. Uh, I am going to make a chicken noodle soup. I have a beef short rib ragu cooking. Uh, I don't know about you, but in the second phase of my cycle, I get super fussy with my food Uh, and the things that we had for the last few days, I was just like, meh, 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 meh. And I can't really decide like what I, what it is I want, but I want something delicious, but I'm really fussy. Anyway, I woke up this morning and I felt a little off. So I was like, okay, chicken soup. Uh, I have a chicken bone broth there. I'm going to make a delicious chicken noodle soup. I'm going to do a slow cooked or a pressure cooker beef ragu to have with a delicious mashed potato. I feel good about it. Uh, to to ride on in today, 27, 28. Uh, and my cycle has been around 30 days for the past few cycles. So I'm hoping she comes before I have to hop on a plane. Really, there ain't anything worse. Well, there is, but I don't really love flying with my period, especially the first few days of my period, because, you know, it's like a flowing, it can be heavy, you're uncomfortable sometimes, and it's just flying already sucks. And then if you add a period on top of that, It's just one hell of a time. So I'm really hoping that she wraps up. Uh, (laughs) My predicted day one is meant to be on the Sunday or Monday before I leave. So here's hoping I nourish the body. I rest and she comes on time for me to get on that plane period free 
or light periods. Uh, <laughs> anyway, today we're going to do a solo episode. I've got quite a few coming up for you. I have been in mission mode for the past week or so, doing a lot of work, a lot of work inside of Warrior School, a lot of programming, feedback work, setting all my warriors up for November. I've had a huge week of, well, so far, it's only Wednesday, but I've had a huge week of one-on-one coaching calls. Uh, We're trying to squeeze a whole bunch in before I fly home. I've been doing some planning for next year, uh, and I'm going to try and record a whole bunch of podcast episodes I'll try and do a couple when I'm there. I'm going to bring uh, bring some of my equipment, not my big um, stand or anything like that, but I always like to just pack, pack some stuff up if I feel inspired by an idea or a topic, I'll jump on and record a podcast. And I might try and actually record a podcast with a couple of people uh, while I'm in Australia. <clears throat> Libby Westcombe, Leela Lutz and Kitty Blumfield. It'll be really cool if I can get them all live in a room. Uh, But, you know, there's going to be a lot going on. Kitty's getting married. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But today we're going to spend some solo time together. You and me, baby. We're actually going to talk about something that I've been using inside of Warrior Queen 2.0. So we did our second Warrior Queen challenge uh, that kicked off, well, we're in week nine. We're in week nine this week. It's a 10-week challenge and so it kicked off nine weeks ago. And I want to talk about the food approach that I took with this challenge. So this is our second challenge for the year. Uh, Every year... Well, I ran the first Warrior Queen at the start of the year. So it went from January, February, March. And then the second one uh, has run for October and the start of November. This one had a little bit of a different focus. The one at the start of the year was very focused on building confidence at the barbell. So the main focus of Warrior Queen 1.0 or the original gangster, the original OG Warrior Queen Challenge was PRs, lifting heavy shit, lifting heavy weight and PRing their training and their movements to help them really overcome the fear of making their training harder or adding weight to the bar and to build insane strength at the bar. And it was super, it was so cool, really successful. The Warriors had such a cool time with it. And I've done a few uh, one-on-one podcast episodes with some of the Warriors where they spoke about their wins from Warrior Queen 1.0. If you want to jump on, I can pop uh, some of those podcast episodes in the show notes. So then uh, I decided that we'd run it again. 2.0, play to win. This whole idea about playing to win came about when I have been thinking a lot about the old game and the new game when it comes to women's health and fitness, which I've spoken about before on the podcast. And uh, that I think it was episode 220 
is it all downhill after 40? So I spoke about a lot, a lot about the old game, new game. And when I was working through this and thinking about this idea and concept, uh, it, it kind of came around the same time where I came up with the idea for our end of year event. So in December, across two days, we run our live end of year online event. And this year, it is all around this idea of creating your second life, the warrior renaissance. And I'll do a full podcast episode uh, on this. And I have a couple of other ideas and thoughts that I want to share with you soon. But so around this time, I was thinking about this, you know, the, the old way we were playing the game when it came to our health and fitness. Think about you know, super stressed, under eating, dieting, overtraining, uh, and the, you know, this idea that once you get into your 40s, it's all downhill. The new game is that we're going to redefine how we think about exercise and health and life. And we're going to train in a way that works with our body, that supports, you know, our physiology, the hormonal changes that we're going through. Essentially, we're preparing ourselves well for this next stage of our life, for our 40s, 50s and beyond. So then I was thinking about this challenge and really what I wanted the Warriors to get out of this was, well, to finish off 2023 with a bang, as always. But I was thinking about this idea of like uh, fitness and, you know, really fancying our fitness, uh, really appreciating what our body can do uh, outside with strength training and outside of strength training. So Warrior School has a huge strength training practice. But what I wanted to do with this challenge was really bring in a little bit of a different approach with their training. And I wanted them to finish off 2023 feeling their strongest, fittest, and fanciest that they have ever felt. And the whole idea around the challenge was playing to win. And so we spoke about, you know, inside of Warrior School, we spoke about this idea of what does it mean to you to win? What is winning to you? What is the result or the outcome? And I'm also going to do a podcast episode on uh, on this as well, because it's a really cool conversation. And I've got some really cool questions for you to ask yourself for 2024. But the the challenge, I guess, slogan, the campaign slogan uh, for this challenge was play to win. But it wasn't about the winning. It wasn't about the result or the outcome. It was about how well they play the game. So I created this whole game for them, this challenge. And I think the really cool thing and, and what a lot of women are really missing, I think, when it comes to their training is that they, it's not fun. There's no balance. There's they're missing this balance between structure, discipline, like following a proper plan, learning to train properly, and then novelty and playfulness and the the focus being on enjoying the process, you know, enjoying playing the game, making training a bit of a game. And that's a really big thing that we do with these challenges. And the reasons why I run them are 
you know, there are many, but one of the reasons is that I want to turn it into a game. I want it to be fun. And the whole idea with Warrior Queen 2.0 Play to Win was looking at how well you play the game. So I've spoken about the challenge a little bit on the podcast, but for those of you who haven't heard me talk about it before, I'll just give a quick recap. So it was uh, designed using three levels. So we had level one, uh, level two, level three. And I'll link the episode that I talk more about the challenge in the show notes. I won't go deep into the levels, but essentially level one was for those warriors who are newer into warrior school and are really focusing on building their foundation. So level one had certain requirements that the warriors had to do to play the game, to play the challenge. Then level two had another set of you know, requirements that kind of built on level one and challenged them or demanded a little bit more from them or had a little bit of a slightly different focus. Uh, as did level three. And so level three was kind of like the top tier for the warriors that have been with me for, you know, two, two and a half, three years or more. Level two and level three had a really big body composition focus. So for those of you who know me and know my work, a lot of it is in building that foundation. So building the bottom of your pyramid and focusing on learning how to nourish your body, uh, create a consistent training practice, build your body from the ground up, uh, body weight strength train, uh, create a strong nutrition strategy, uh, etc. Then once we've created that foundation, which takes about a year, then we can, you know, it really gets fun. It gets fun because we've got the energy, we've got the foundational strength, we've got the consistent training practice. So now we can really like play this cool game and so level two and level three were for those women those warriors that had built their foundation and really wanted to push push themselves from a performance perspective and from a body composition perspective so what this meant in level two and level three uh their training was a little bit different i combined strength and conditioning Uh, So I pushed them in the realm of uh, their cardiovascular fitness and we did a little bit more high intensity training compared to the warriors that were playing in level one. And then level three actually trained a fourth day and then all of them had a certain amount of uh, zone two or low level aerobic activity minutes that they had to accumulate. So that was the training side of things, but I don't want to talk about the training side of things today. I actually want to talk about the approach that I took with the food side of things inside of the challenge. So I want to talk about what is it, you know, why I used it and the results that the warriors are getting from using this approach, uh, this food approach. So the first thing that I will say to, to kick her off is that The warriors that I use this approach with have been with me for quite a while. They had been in warrior school for at least a year. They have strong biofeedback, so strong metabolic markers. They had a strong food strategy. Uh, You know, their body was healthy and functioning and performing well. They've had a consistent training practice for at least a year. And their main focus was a body composition change. The second little note that I'll drop is that 
There are many ways to approach your nutrition when it comes to uh, changing your body composition. And this is just an approach that I have been playing around with, doing research on, and I wanted to see how it would work with some of my OG warriors who have been with me for at least a year, if not two, two and a half or more. So the approach that I took was based on uh, what's called the Matador study, which was a study done, I believe it was around 2018, which we'll talk about in a second. And it was all around this idea of intermittent energy restriction, which we'll also dive deeper into uh, in the podcast episode, because that's what the whole podcast episode is about. But my little, you know, uh, small research study that I wanted to run was really looking at if some of this research that came out of this Matador study, this study on adaptive thermogenesis, or this protocol of intermittent energy restriction could work for my warriors who had a strong foundation, were in their 40s, so around this, you know, this perimenopausal time period, and had body composition goals in uh, particular loss of fat mass. So one of the main difficulties when we think about losing weight, there are a couple. So the first is that uh, we're not doing it in a way that works with our body. So for a lot of women that I work with and maybe for you listening, you've tried a bunch of diets before, you know, really um, have been undernourished or what we would call in low energy availability. And then maybe you've been overtraining or training in a way that's creating a little bit more stress. Uh, and so that's one is that the foundation is not strong enough. So the body is actually not healthy and functioning enough. So therefore there's chaos when it comes to your hormones, your cortisol, your thyroid. And even though we can be not eating enough, uh, we can actually be gaining weight because of uh, what's going on with our thyroid health, our cortisol and our hormonal health. The second difficulty when when it comes to losing weight is that, and in, uh, specifically when I'm talking about losing weight, I'm talking about losing fat mass, so adipose tissue. So when you think of weight and your body, remember your body is made up of many things. The whole composition of your body is made up of fat, muscle, bones, you know, tendons, ligaments, organs. So when I'm talking about weight, specifically what I'm talking about is loss of body fat or adipose tissue. Now, one of the main difficulties when losing weight or trying to lose uh, in some women's cases a significant amount of weight is that the body responds to energy restriction or dieting through a number of uh, mechanisms. And most of those are basically the body compensates. And as a result, we get this reduced uh, resting metabolic rate or a reduction in our basal metabolic rate, our BMR or our RMR. In other words, when we diet, so when we go on diets, the body naturally adapts and begins to burn fewer calories. 
and that will lead to this uh, plateau in weight loss or fat loss. So in the nutritional world, what we learn about when I did my exercise science and nutrition degree and uh, what we spoke about when I did my master's in dietetics was this idea of adaptive thermogenesis. Now, there has been some research that has shown that taking a different approach to dieting. So if you think of a lot of the diets you might have tried in the past, uh, some of my warriors have tried very low calorie diets, severe energy restriction, or even thinking about if you're not actively dieting, a lot of women that I've worked with are actually in really low energy availability state. And so this can actually happen uh, if we've kept ourselves in a low energy availability state for a really long period of time. We get this lowering in our resting metabolic rate. We get this uh, compensation mechanism that happens. So there has been some research that shows that taking a different approach to dieting, uh, which a lot of women know now, a lot of women that I work with, that's kind of the old game. The old game was, okay, let's do a specific diet where we cut out a whole food group or let's go into a severe calorie restriction with all of the really cool work on you know, female health, female fitness, female physiology, and some of the really cool groundbreaking research that's coming out now is that especially, you know, the work in the metabolic space, we know that being in low energy availability or dieting, severely restricting our calories is what created the shitstorm in the first place, is the reason why, you know, maybe we've, we're not uh, hormonally or metabolically as strong as we would like to be. It's the reason why maybe we can't get the results we want in our training. And it's the reason why we can't see a change in our body composition. So there's been some studies done that are looking at how can we overcome this adaptive thermogenesis while minimizing muscle mass loss and maximizing fat loss, because that's the goal. When you think about, okay, if your goal is to change your body composition for a lot of women, what that really means is that we just want to recomposition. Essentially, we are under-muscled, and so we really want to build more muscle. And yes, as we can also have a goal to lose fat mass, but what often happens is that if we learn how to nourish ourselves well, we're in high energy availability, we're training hard, we're lifting heavy, we're recovering well, we're building muscle. As a byproduct, we will lose fat mass. Uh, and so these studies, want, we're looking at, well, so the whole goal is to minimize muscle mass loss. So when we're thinking about dieting, we need to do it in a way that really minimizes or prevents us losing muscle mass. We want to keep as much muscle on the body as possible. The muscle is your metabolically active tissue. The more muscle you have, the higher your resting metabolic rate. Muscle is what burns fat at rest. So the studies were looking at, okay, could we overcome this adaptive thermogenesis, this behavior that the body does after dieting for a long period of time, which is it compensates and then it reduces that resting metabolic rate. We want a higher resting metabolic rate, not a lower resting metabolic rate. So they called it intermittent energy restriction. 
Now, this is very different to intermittent fasting. This has nothing to do with fasting. And I ain't going to even go there in this podcast episode. I've done a few podcast episodes. I believe my recent Q&A, there was a question around fasting. So I can pop that in the show notes. And I have done a whole podcast episode, I believe, on fasting. Dr. Stacey Sims has some really cool stuff on fasting as well. So we ain't going to touch that. But intermittent energy restriction is not the same as fasting. All right. Essentially what it is, it's a period of time spent at a deficit before returning to energy balance or what we would call maintenance kind of in the health and fitness world. So maintenance is the amount of food that you eat to maintain, to maintain your health, the functioning of your body, strong biofeedback and to maintain your weight or your body composition. So we can, we have maintenance, we could have a deficit, so which is dieting, so going below maintenance or below your baseline with the goal to create change in the body composition. And then we could go above. So we could go into a surplus or more of a build focus, which again would be a focus uh, to change the body composition. So often if we're thinking about going above maintenance, we're looking to build muscle. If we're thinking about going below maintenance, we're looking to change the body composition, mostly losing fat mass. Continuous uh, energy restriction would mean dieting for weeks. So a lot of diets just, they, they take the approach of a continuous energy restriction. So you eat less for a long time. And the researchers define intermittent energy restriction as a period of a break. So it's like a diet break. So a 2018 study looked at how to overcome this adaptive thermogenesis with a really novel approach that wasn't really seen in the research So this study is where the matador approach, so minimizing adaptive thermogenesis and deactivating obesity rebound was born. So the matador was the original study uh, that was done. And the study was done on obese males with a deficit that was very large, a deficit that I do not recommend. However, there are some cool things that came out of the Matador and that came out of this study where they use this novel approach to take their subjects or the participants through this intermittent energy restriction approach where they had a break from their caloric restriction. So before we take a look at how it worked, please note that the Matador study was done on obese males with a deficit that I do not recommend for a female, but there are some cool stuff about their approach. And there is other research showing that intermittent energy restriction has more favorable outcomes than being in a continuous deficit. So there's some other research out there. Yes, it's heavily you know, focused on males, but we know that now, yeah? We've, we've been talking about that for a while, that there's not a lot of research on us when it comes to 
exercise, exercise science, uh, performance, and uh, again, there's still not a lot of research when it comes to the dieting space and what approach is best for us when it comes to our health, you know, the functioning of our body, maintaining our hormonal health, and also helping us achieve our body composition goals. So here's how the study worked. Here's how they they rolled it out. They had a control group and the control group was placed under a continuous energy restriction of 33% of their resting energy expenditure. So just as an example, if they burned 2000 calories, then their diet consisted of 1333 calories. This is a really big deficit that I do not recommend, obviously. Okay, and that's I'm going to highlight that again and again. So I'm going to dish out what they did in the study, but I am going to share with you the approach that I took inside of Warrior School with my warriors. So I use some of these really cool approaches or this these really cool, I guess, principles but I've changed them to make sure that my warriors still had strong biofeedback. They were still nourishing their body. The deficit wasn't too big to actually create detrimental effects. So I got to feel like I've got to have this in bold and it's got to be um, in italics and underline. <laughs> then they had a second group, which is how studies roll. They'll always have a control and then they'll have a a group where they're actually trialing the protocol or the approach. So they called this the Intermittent Energy Restriction Group or INT for short. They were placed in the same 33% deficit. However, every two weeks they were taken out of their calorie restriction and placed at their calorie maintenance or their calorie equilibrium. So using the same example as I gave you for the control group, that same individual or one of the individuals or the participants in the INT group would have two weeks at 1300 calories followed by two weeks at 2000 and they would cycle through this. The study looked at a few different parameters, but the main one was weight loss. So looking at the weight loss parameter, the INT group, so the group that did the novel approach, the cycling through the deficit for two weeks, the maintenance at two weeks, uh, outperformed the control group with a 47% greater weight loss over 16 weeks. So they did the, pro, uh, the protocol for 16 weeks and the researchers found that they had a 47% greater weight loss. What was even cooler and more amazing is that in a six-month follow-up, so the researchers wanted to look at could the participants maintain the weight loss doing this approach. So they did a six-month follow-up and the INT group had lost an astonishing 80% more weight than the concentric group, even at a six-month follow-up. So they continued to lose weight Uh don't quote me, but I believe they didn't keep following the protocol, uh, but I would have to double check that. And I totally can double check. I can fact check that. Sometimes I wish I had um, a fact checker. You know, I'll do obviously a lot of research and a lot of fact checking, but 
like Joe Rogan has Jamie who does his podcasts and if they're talking about something Jamie will like go and fact check and sometimes I wish I had a fact checker here uh, with me. So what they found and what they um, their conclusion was that the two week uh, controlled maintenance blocks were really really critical in the superior performance of this group over the control group. And the authors or the researchers suggested that two-week blocks of energy balance or coming back to maintenance function as metabolic rest periods, which prevent the adaptive thermogenesis normally seen in patients with large calorie deficits consistently for a long period of time, which is pretty cool. Uh, And I'll pop the studies in the show notes as well if you are super interested and you want to go in and you want to have a read of them. So what they really concluded and what they found and what a lot of the research that I read, uh, you know, looking at this idea of preventing adaptive thermogenesis or, you know, losing weight in a way that is metabolically supportive is that cycling it. So making it a cyclic approach, which totally makes sense because as women, we're cyclic beings. So then I started to think, okay, this is cool. Could we actually use this approach with our menstrual cycle? So, which I'm going to talk about how I approached it and what I did inside of the challenge. But... First, I just want to say I've spoken about the importance of building your food foundation first. So before trying any deficit, uh, before thinking about changing your body composition, what we really need to focus on is making sure that we're eating enough food, that we have high energy availability. So we're getting enough nutrition in. We need to find our maintenance first. So where our body feels really good at, you know, how much is that? Uh, We need to follow the principles that I talk about. So eating within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up, eating our metabolic foods, uh, you know, eating frequently across the day, balancing our meals with, you know, looking at the composition of our meals, making sure we have quality proteins carbohydrates, roots, fruits, quality grains, uh, and fats in our meals. So we need to do all of that first. And then we can look at uh, using an approach like this once we have a strong foundation. So I was really interested in seeing if we could uh, adapt it with our cycles So we've got changing hormone levels during the menstrual cycle, and that can actually affect our resting metabolic rate. So in the second half of our cycle, we've actually got a higher resting metabolic rate. Now, some of the research shows a 2% increase. Some of the research shows a 10 or 11% increase. Essentially, for most women, it's around an extra 100, 150 calories. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Uh, It would also depend on a couple of other factors. But essentially, we need a little bit more food in the second half of our cycle. So I thought, okay, let's pull this approach from the research. The warriors that were cycling, let's do the first phase of their cycle in a deficit. In the first phase of our menstrual cycle, we're a little bit more robust. Uh, we, 
you know, where we can tolerate uh, stress a little bit better, our resiliency is a bit better, our immune system's better. Uh, and then when we get into the second phase of our cycle, that high hormone phase, uh, our resilience and tolerance to stress is a little bit lower. We, our time to fatigue is a bit quicker. Our recovery is a little bit slower. Our resting metabolic rate is a little bit higher. So this would be a great time to bring ourselves back into maintenance to make sure that the body's recovering, that we're supporting the changes in the hormones and the physiology that's happening. And we get a bit of a break uh, to go again. So for the warriors that played in level one, they did not do this approach. Their main focus was just on building their food strategy through the principles that I teach inside of warrior school. So some of the principles that I just shared with you. Uh, And then uh, on top of that, I wanted them to track their protein. So that was their focus. For the warriors that played in levels two and three, I adapted the approach that I just went through that came out of the research to work with their female physiology and their training and to help them achieve their body composition goals. So I I gave them two approaches. So one for the warriors who were cycling and then one for the warriors who no don't cycle or who are postmenopausal. Uh, and my approach was more conservative when it came to the deficit to support their hormones, their energy, their recovery, and their training. So for the warrior in their menstrual years, we started uh, their approach or how we, where we started depended on where they were in their cycle. For example, we started the challenge on September 4, and on September 4th, I was on day 24. So I started in my energy balance. Uh, when, if the warriors uh, started on day one, they started in their energy deficit. So where you were or where you are in your menstrual cycle predicts where you start with the approach. That's how we rolled in warrior school. So for example, the follicular phase which for some women can be two weeks. So pretty bang on the two weeks, you know, they'll ovulate around that day 14, 15, then they'll go into their second phase. Some women ovulate a little bit later. So the follicular phase is normally the phase that is longer or shorter. And so the deficit or the energy restriction for my warriors depended on their own cycles. And this is why it's really important for you to track your cycle and know your cycle if you wanted to do something like this or use an approach, you need to understand your cycle. So some of my warriors did a, you know, a flat two weeks in their deficit and then a flat two weeks in their maintenance. Some of my other warriors went a little bit longer in their deficit because their follicular phase went a bit longer and then a bit shorter in their maintenance. The energy restriction that I use for them was between 15 and 20% of their maintenance. So way lower than what they used in the research. The reason why I did this was because we're in it for the long game. Yes, we want to be effective and efficient, but we're doing it in a way that works with our body. We're doing it in a way that makes sure that our body stays healthy, that it's functioning, that our biofeedback is strong. 
So the deficit was more conservative. Then when they entered their luteal phase, so for some women, they did their energy balance for a week or week and a half. Other women did their energy balance for two weeks. Some women then plussed a little bit more on top of that. So the women that were cycling and had a higher resting metabolic rate, I added an extra 100, 150 calories more a day on top of their energy balance to support the increase in the resting metabolic rate in the second phase of their cycle. So the exact um, days or weeks that you spend in energy restriction, so your deficit or energy balance will depend on the length of your cycle. Then I had the other approach, which was just the, so I called that the cycle sinking. Uh, energy restriction approach and then the other one was just the intermittent energy restriction approach for women who don't cycle or who are postmenopausal. and what we did was I just took the approach from the research and they did two weeks on two weeks off so a flat two weeks in deficit a flat two weeks in maintenance uh, and they also followed the same energy restriction of 15 to 20 percent of their total energy intake. I also did the protocol uh, and Carson also did the protocol so he didn't do it with his menstrual cycle obviously uh, but I did it with mine and so I'm on a streak of you know me I'm not much of a tracker but I've been doing it along with my warriors and I'm on day 60 streak of tracking of doing the protocol um you could probably hear my pressure cooker beeping in the background that is my beef short ribs done so i did it with the warriors carson did it although he took a little bit more of an aggressive approach because he's a male so his energy restriction his deficit was bigger it was more around that 33 percent uh, and he didn't do as long in maintenance periods uh, as I would have liked him to do. <laughs> so he's a little bit tired and weary uh, being nine weeks in, but that's why you got to listen to me. So I just wanted to share a few results and I am going to focus uh, those results on the body composition change because that was the main point of doing this protocol. But before I share, know that Body composition for me, the change in body composition or losing weight is a byproduct of having a strong foundation, having a consistent training practice, you know, falling in love with your training, being the woman who trains, being the woman who knows how to nourish her body, sits comfortably at maintenance, and then being the woman that, you know, also wants to demand more from herself and, you know, push herself in her performance and wants to feel great and create a body that she loves. And so a part of that is changing our body composition. But for me, it is always a byproduct of the practice and of the foundation. It is never my number one focus. When women come into warrior school, yes, they have a body composition goal. We all wanna be in, build and create a body we love. And you deserve to have that. You deserve to feel great in your body. You deserve to create the change that you want in your body. Don't let anyone or the culture tell you how you have to look. It's your body, you decide. But know that there is a different way you can play the game, a more powerful way that you can play the game. 
and you've got to play, you know, play a bit of a longer game. But for me, the body composition I have, the way that I look is a byproduct of the practice. It was never my goal. And that's the same for all of my warriors. Yes, they want to create and build a body they love. Body composition, the way that they look and the way they feel is a part of that. But it is never our number one goal. It is a byproduct of the work, of the practice. So I'm just going to share uh, a couple of results with you. We're in week nine, so we still have this week and next week to go. But there are a few warriors that I'm just going to say the first uh, letter of their name, not their full name. Uh, There are a few that have had some really cool results from this protocol. And then I'll share Carson's because uh, he's tried really hard as well over the last nine weeks. And I think his results are really cool for, you know, a male might be listening or a woman who, you know, has a a lover or a partner or a husband who may want to create a body composition change. This is also helpful for the males in your life uh, as well, especially the males that uh, metabolically struggle a little bit more when it comes to their weight. So S, S, she wouldn't even mind me uh, sharing her name, but S has been with me for, she's one of my original OGs, Uh, We've been together for five years. She worked her butt off uh, for the first three, three and a half years in really changing how she was actually living. She uh, had created so much stress and chaos in her body. And so she had to work really hard on improving her metabolism, her thyroid, her hormones, changing a lot of her behaviors and habits, uh, and it took about three, three and a half years for her body to feel safe, um, for her to create stability, for her to learn, you know, how to eat and train in a way that really supported her and where she was at. And it's just been in the last 18 months that we've really, really pushed her in her training and she's performing at a level that she's never performed at before. She's lifting weights she's never lifted. And we've had a really big focus on her body composition change over the last year. And I won't even go into the full. There's more outside the scope of this nine weeks. But just in the nine weeks, she started at 172.8 pounds and she weighed in just the other day in week nine at 165 pounds. So that is, I should have done all my math uh, before we started. So that's seven, that's seven pounds, uh, which is like a three kilo weight loss in nine weeks. Nice and steady. Uh, All her metabolic markers stayed really strong. She trained four times a week. She still slept like a baby. Everything was really good. It was just slow and steady over the last nine weeks. But she's really sitting in a place now where she feels really comfortable and confident in her body. She's been working really hard for a long time. So you earned it. You earned it, girl. Uh, And she followed the approach and the protocol to the T. 
uh, and it really worked for her and her body because she'd put so much work and effort in for you know for years before that and then Kay Kay's also been with me for about two and a half years uh, similar to S she worked really hard on creating a strong foundation uh, strengthening her metabolism restoring her thyroid uh, and we've been we've been trying to get the body composition to shift for a little while now but and she's been a little bit stubborn and slow and resistant but just over the last I would say eight to nine months we're really starting to see a shift and Kay used this approach uh, during this challenge for the last nine weeks and started at 200 pounds and now is at 195. So that's five pounds uh, in the last nine weeks. Again, really like really nice and conservative, really done in a way, really supportive uh, to her and her body really strong metabolic markers. She also got sick for a couple of weeks in there as well. So that's a that was a really, really cool result. And I'm so happy that she's, you know, experiencing uh, some changes that she's been working really hard to get for a long time. But the body just takes time. And I think that I was talking to a warrior the other day and, and she was saying that one of the biggest things that she's learned is that I, th- I think it was S actually. Yeah, it was S. Her biggest piece of advice and what she always talks about with the newer warriors is that you can be doing all the right things and you can be building the foundation, but you can't force the body to do what you want it to do. Like it will happen, but the body just needs time. It needs time to feel stable and strong and we can't rush that. All we can really do is build our foundation, you know, nourish our body, train in a way that works with our body. And the body will eventually, as a byproduct, it will create change. And that change will be effective and it will be, you know, it will come, but often it just doesn't come within the time frame or the expectation that we have. Uh, but the body is the boss, as I always say. And then I have G. G is she's postpartum she's postpartum she's uh her her little boy is about a year just over a year old so for her it wasn't a main focus especially in the first uh eight nine ten months of our work together it was restoring you know her metabolism her nutrients finding a really strong energy balance making sure she was nourished to breastfeed Uh, It was building a consistent practice. But just as we started the challenge, when we kicked off, we put in a body composition goal for her. Uh, And so she's lost a couple of kilos uh, doing this approach again, this cycle syncing approach, which has worked really well for her. And then I have M who, similar to K and S, worked really hard to stabilize, create safety, build a strong foundation, has been with me for uh, two, two and a half years. Now these women, they got body composition changes over the last couple of years. It's not like we have to wait years for the change. They're way stronger. They've built more muscle. They have lost weight. I'm more specifically just speaking to the results that they've gotten in the last nine weeks using this approach. So Megan started at 198 and is down to 194. So that's four pounds, you know, 
almost like about two kilos. Uh, and then my lover, my lover did it, but not with his cycle. Uh, he took a, he took, he did the approach very similar to what they did in the research and the science. So his deficit was larger than I used for mine. Mine was actually really quite small because I don't have a body composition goal. And so I did a small deficit and then pulled myself back up into maintenance just so I could do it along with the warriors. And I started a little bit before we actually started this challenge so I could get a bit of an understanding of how it felt and the rhythm of it. But I really enjoy the cyclic nature of it. And a lot of my warriors in our one-on-one coaching calls who were doing the approach, the protocol, uh, also said that they really enjoyed the cyclic nature. So they enjoyed the fact that, yes, they, you know, they did this deficit, but it wasn't forever. It was just for a period of time. And then they got to come back up into maintenance, nourish themselves, and then create that deficit um, again. And they really enjoyed the fact that their energy stayed high, you know, they kept sleeping well, their metabolic markers were really strong. And so I think it's a really cool approach. Uh, And hopefully, you know, it doesn't be, it's not novel anymore. Hopefully it becomes, they do some more research. It'd be cool to see more research done on females and looking at this approach. But I will, yeah, I'm going to continue to use it uh, in, you know, our challenges or within my work in warrior school when you know when a warrior is ready to create that change it it is a really cool approach and protocol that I will adopt and implement okay that's it if you have any questions for me as always holla holla if you have more questions about the approach or the protocol uh yeah send me a message send me a dm you know I read them all And I love your questions. Okay, it was a pleasure to spend this time with you. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.